Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday morning service with Pastor David Tijerina. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at Again, we hope you enjoy this message. in the New Testament. It's just so full outside of everything that Jesus said. So next to Jesus, everything that Jesus said, Romans 8 is pretty intense. But recollecting a story back when I was a a, a teenager, and it's not that many years ago. (laughs) Why is that about laughing? And so I I remember as a kid, you know, you would see kids come to the basketball court or the football field and and they just stood there you know they wanted to play but no one would ever pick them so I remember this one time we're, we're on the court and we played I mean we were we played all day we were out there we're we're winning and and um, this kid comes and no none of us know him we, none of them know him at all and he wants to play and and, and we're saying no nah, dude we're good we're, we're good and and we're running and and uh, one of our guys gets hurt so he, I think he sprained his ankle or something like that. And, and so he has, oh, Speedy, he, he messed up his knee, so he had to sit out. Yeah, his name is Speedy. If you ever want to know why, come after service. Let me, I'll, I'll tell you the story. And so, so we need one more player. And so we look at this kid, and it's like, oh, man, dude, no, we don't know him. We don't, he just looks like a goofy kid that's like, you know, it's lanky. And, you know, what's he going to do? So we, we get him, it's like, come on, we, we'll be able to manage us four, and we'll just, uh, and, uh, you know, we'll just use him for whatever. He gets on the court, the kid is phenomenal, he is just doing all kinds, we're blowing, we're just actually standing back just watching him, it's like, oh my God, where the heck did he, where has he been hiding? And it just, what was, was, he could shoot, he could play defense, and uh, but he, unfortunately, he stayed on the sidelines most of the day because we didn't realize how good he was and how valuable he was. In Christianity, the Holy Spirit stands on the sidelines wanting to get involved in your life, and yet we never realize how much we need him. We never realize how important he really is in our Christianity. There are churches this morning, church, that believe in the Trinity but never realize the third person of uh, of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. No doctrine of the Christian religion or Christian faith has been so neglected. And this is most remarkable when we remember that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate fact, the revelation, and, and the unique force in redemption. No other religion in the whole world has anything close to Christianity yeah. in means of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. A helper, an aid, a, someone that's there. And I, I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Thomas Arnold, though, he, I, I want to read this quote to you. It is about the Holy Spirit. He is the very main thing of all. We are living under the dispensation of the Spirit. In that character, God now reveals himself to his people. 
He who does not know God, the Holy Ghost, cannot know God at all. The scripture declares him to be the revealer of all truth. I mean, you could read the Bible but never get any kind of deep insight because you don't have the Holy Spirit. He's a revealer of it. I, I know educated men that, that have a doctorate in the Bible, and yet they do not know the Word of God. He's an active agent in all the works of redemption. Listen to Romans 8, 5 through 6. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. See, you and I will never know the fullness of the Godhead if we do not know the Holy Spirit. And I, want to, I, want to, I don't want to scream and shout. Uh, how many know the Holy Spirit doesn't need any a- added ingredients? Amen. In him and through him and by him is the power that saves. From him comes illumination and conviction. From him comes repentance and regeneration. From him comes assurance and sanctification. Are all the work of God that God works through the Holy Spirit. Listen, he directs. He energizes. He controls. But in all this, he is neglected. He's a figure of speech. How many know in today's churches, atmosphere is more valued than the anointing of God? Churches hire professional bands to perform. I'm not sure who the heck, I can't remember who I was talking to back there. That They used to go to a church, he used to be involved in worship. They used to get high before service. They needed added ingredients. Hey dude, God created the earth, bro. <laughs> Could you imagine needing to get high to enter worship? So churches are hiring more professional Christians instead of dropping to their knees and calling on God to release the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's a revealer, church. We cannot function as a church without the Holy Spirit. Jesus talks about how important the Holy Spirit is. In John 16, 13, and 14, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. Why are there so many crazy religions out there? Because they don't have the Holy Spirit. They're depending on their little knowledge. They're depending on their education. Here, Jesus is saying, when you have the the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. How many know the author of the book knows everything about the book? 
How many know the Holy Spirit is the author of the book? He's the one that gave the inspiration to the writers of the Bible. He knows. And it cannot be in, interpreted by, w- without his guidance. He holds the key. He is the key to truth this morning. And yet, he is left out. In our success, by our abilities, by using our giftings, we have neglected the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you something this morning, church, that a church, no matter how big in size, is powerless without the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, a sermon without the Holy Spirit involved is just a motivational seminar. How many know there's a lot of great motivational speakers out there? You could just believe in yourself. You could have success. Thank God we don't. Pre- Thank God we're preaching the Holy Spirit, man. Because I know that without the Holy Spirit, I know who I am in the flesh. I know what David Tejeda can do in the flesh. That's my wife. It's just, it's thank, she, thank God my husband got saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. How I many know left to our own accord? We are even Paul I gotta beat my flesh in subjection. I need the Holy Spirit. I don't need a motivational seminar. I need the Holy Spirit. I need fire. I've heard people actually say that we don't want to turn people off by talking about the Holy Spirit. We don't want to turn people off by talking about healings or or about speaking in tongues or about miracles. We don't want to offend. You know, I've looked at these people. I said, you think they're going to feel offended when they stand before God? And Jesus said, depart from me for I never knew you. Could you imagine if God plays the video when you had a chance to share the gospel with them and because you didn't want to offend somebody, they're going to be living an eternity away from God. We need some Holy Ghost and fire preachers. Not condemning people to hell, but just speaking truth. Just speaking truth. Christ crucified. Oh my God, I don't want to offend people. Christ crucified. We're the ones that were yelling at the cross, crucify him. Now we're preaching it because he set us free. See, it's the Holy Ghost that brings conviction of sins, not eloquent words. It's not how fancy the preacher is. Dear God, we're... We don't need that. We need the Holy Spirit to bring conviction and bring salvation. I mean, men are so worried about getting educated, learning more and more and more. Or, or, you know, it's it's not a great sermon. It's not education. It's it's not a a degree in theology. You know, if that was the case, Jesus would have came and discipled the Pharisees. He says, but I don't want that. He chose these, the Bible calls them uneducated men. Where did these guys come up with that? See, I believe the church still has a theology of the Holy Ghost, but it has no living conscience of his presence and power. 
No, I've learned in life, man, I've been saved too long that theology without experience is like faith without works is dead. Prayer meetings have died out because men did not believe or do, or do not believe in the Holy Ghost. You know, it's amazing that more churches of today are more concerned about I have nothing against, please don't take, I'm not saying anything bad about advertising through Facebook or Instagram or, 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 or media or, or whatever. I'm not saying that. But isn't it amazing? You'll get one or two visitors. How many know revival? That's not revival. <laughs> we say, oh, man, we got three visitors. Praise God, revival. <laughs> I said, no, you, you attracted a small crowd. You know what attracts people? It's change. It's transformation. It's power. It's miracles. It's the Holy Spirit. Nothing more, nothing less. Can I tell you something? I never advertised in Gardena. I didn't have the money. I, 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 we didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. Uh, we didn't have any. All they had was a young pastor that was just uh, full of the Holy Ghost and fire. And I, 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 you know, one of the best outreaches I ever had. Listen to this. This is this is crazy. I, I look back. I'm like, dear God, how did that work? The Holy, because of the Holy Ghost, nothing else. I made a yellow A-frame sign, painted it. I'm not an artist. All I wrote on there was miracles tonight, 7 o'clock. And I put it out there on the street. See how funny it is? Because God says, I will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And that night, we had people just walking in, walking in, coming. I'm like, what the heck is... And, and, and it's not because of the sign, but it's because my church was involved in prayer every single night at 9 o'clock. We were there praying. We were there contending. We were there, God, we need the Holy Spirit. We cannot do this on your own, on our own. God, how many know that Jesus says, you know what? Without me, you can do nothing. How many know you could do a lot of things? How many know churches could do a lot of things, but that are eternal and make an impact? You can do nothing. You will look good you can grow. How many know people can grow a church? Look at cults. Cults grow. All you got to say the right thing and people get all excited. How many know it's easy to stir people up? Just a couple raiders are terrible. See everybody? It didn't, it didn't take much. Just kidding. <laughs> Cowboys are just as bad. So. See how just a simple words can get everybody stirred. And then it dies back out. How many know when the Holy Ghost and fire come, it doesn't die out? See, there's no prophecy today. See, when you begin to look at the church, how many know the church is the creation of the Holy Spirit? I want to move on, secondly, here to talk about the, the importance of the Holy Ghost. 
How important is the Holy Ghost? It's this important that Jesus lived 30 some years in life and before he started his ministry, the Holy Spirit came down upon him. He needed the Holy Spirit. I'm living in the flesh. I'm living in the flesh. He gets baptized. The Bible says that the Spirit of God depends, the Holy Spirit descends upon him as a dove. And all of a sudden, his ministry begins. In the same manner, he directs his disciples to Jerusalem and told them, you wait. He commands them to tarry there. Don't do nothing. You go and pray and you wait for the promise. You know what that tells me? We can't do this thing on our own. This proves that the one essential equipment of the church is the gift of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> you know how vital is, is, is the Holy Ghost is? Here, uh, just a, a real brief one from, from Brother Renee, just to, just to emphasize this point. I'll be brief. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, just growing up, you know, I, I often say I had a, like zero Christian influence in my life. I just had a typical uh, secular upbringing. Um, the most church I had was the Mormon church, and they don't really teach me anything about Jesus at all or, or God. In fact, I, I remember as, as a kid not understanding the difference <coughs> between Jesus, God, and all that. I just didn't, I didn't get it. And so naturally, you know, I, I grew up and, uh, you know, I just went into partying, drinking, uh, doing all the typical things, you know, a secular person would do. Uh, just looking forward to the weekend, you know, getting drunk, doing all the stupid stuff. And I did that for most of my life all the way up until I was about 22 years old. And I remember there was a friend of mine. His mom was saved, and she would preach to him. But, never, but she only spoke Spanish, so she never preached to me. And um, <laughs> because I, didn't under, I don't understand Spanish, I still don't. And, um, and she would always tell him about God. And so one day we were just drinking, just you know, being dumb, whatever. And my friend just began to talk about God and whatever. If anybody's ever drank, you know, you have these dumb debates with your friends and it's just stupid stuff. But he was talking about God and, and, and he was telling me everything he knew about God. And, and when with the things he was saying was really sticking in my head and I couldn't understand why. I just remember thinking, wow, is that, is that real sin? You know, you know, uh, you know, lying, cussing, sleeping around, drinking, partying. Is that really a sin? Am I going to go to hell for that? He was talking about that and, and Oddly enough, he was, he was just as drunk as I was, but, <laughs> but I, and I, I'll never forget this, he spoke with authority, and, I didn't, and I, it, it, it struck me. From that point on, I just couldn't get it out of my head, what he was saying. And uh, I think now, now that I'm saved, I think, back, I think that you know, the, the Bible says uh, God's word will not return void. Amen. And so even though he wasn't saved, even though he didn't believe God, he sowed God's word in my heart, and it, it began to touch me. And from that point on, I began to pursue uh, an understanding of who God was. I wanted to know. But again, there was not a Christian in a hundred mile radius of me that I could talk to. I knew no, I didn't even understand Christianity or what this was all about. And, um, and so for about a year, I was seeking knowledge, understanding. Keep in mind, I'm still partying, drinking, doing all my stuff, but there's still this pecking at me. I just, I can't get out of my head. And I came to a point where like, you know what, God, I'm done. I'm, I'm done seeking you. And I don't even know who I'm talking to. But I said, you know what, I'm done with this. I give up. I'm, I remember I'm on the bus coming back from work, 
And I, I remember telling God, you know, I'm done. You know, I, I'm just going to, you know, continue to do my stuff, whatever. I mean, obviously, you don't want me to find you. And uh, as I'm saying that, I'm sitting there on the bus, and there's this track on the side, on where I'm at on the window, and I begin to read it and begin to talk about salvation, um, uh, uh, um, getting saved, how to get saved. I had the sinner's prayer on there. And to me, you know, again, uh, God's making it very hard for me to find him. But for, when I saw that track, I said, you know what, maybe I need to stick, out, to stick this out a little longer and continue to pursue God. So I read that track. It talked about salvation. I got saved. And then um, there came a time that, I, again, I'm still seeking God. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to give up drinking. I, I just can't do this anymore. I understood that this was a sin. I'm thinking I could go to hell for this. So I just gave up drinking. And so for the next year now, I would lock myself in my room, and all I would do is watch TBN. And just every single day, that's all I would do was watch TBN and just learn and consume what I could because I, I didn't have a church. I didn't know what a Christian church was. I didn't know where to go. I had no idea what to do. So I just began to watch TBN, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about uh, you know, salvation, redemption, the Holy Spirit, all these things, all the principles of Christianity, um, the, the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I, I started speaking in tongues in my living room by myself because TBN was having a revival on TV. And they were telling people, just begin to speak in tongues. And I, and I just began to speak in tongues. And, and I had never talked to a Christian. Again, I still hadn't talked to a Christian anywhere. And God never sent a, a Christian my way. And I, it, to this day, it's bizarre to me. I think, why, Lord? I mean, I wanted to know you. Why wouldn't you send somebody? And the funny thing is, I would hear other friends of mine, they'd say, man, aren't you ever annoyed by these Christians that come up to you and preach to you? And I'm thinking, man, I wish they would come to me. I want to know. But God never sent anybody my way. And so for a year, I would just watch TBN, and I, and I, and I just pretty much stopped drinking. I never went back to drinking again. I still haven't drank. I still haven't partied anymore. Like that. And then, um, again, a year, about a year after that, uh, uh, I, I found Priest Chapel, uh, Pastor Omar's church. And um, I remember walking into his church. It was a small church, maybe about 10 people. But there was something about it. There was a power of God. There's something that was already in me connected with what was there. And um, I got locked into that church. And, um, and from that point on, you know, you know, I'm not why well, I'm here now, so praise God. <laughs> That's the power of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need eloquent preachers and, you know, uh, you just could do it on your own. No, we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. Nothing else avails for the real work of the church. See, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, if the disciples needed the Holy Spirit, how much you, more you and I need the Holy Spirit? After he receives the Holy Spirit, the Bible says about Jesus, he was led by what? The Spirit. He didn't go do things on his own. He was led by the Spirit of God. He was led by the Holy Spirit. And the Gospels, it begins to reveal all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. And, and the book of Acts of the Apostles begin to do and to teach until the day he was, I'm sorry, continue to do what, what, what Jesus was doing through them, through the Holy Spirit. See, God through the Holy Spirit fills the body, directs its movements. Controls its members, inspires wisdom, supplies its strength. He's the one that guides into truth. 
How many know it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us uh, to share the gospel? How many were scared to witness before you stepped really filled with the Holy Spirit? I, would not, I, I was not a public speaker. I would turn red, start trembling, my knees, ever hear knees knocking? That's how you talk in front of people. Now I was like, God, if you don't show up, we're all in trouble. Because I ain't got nothing to say. It's the Spirit of God, listen to this, the Holy Spirit that sends forth. He sends forth. And I believe this morning, churches, that the churches in America, and it's contagious, have become self-confident. They trust more in their abilities than in God's ability. They have committees. They have programs. They have everything else in their church. And the only thing that is not filled is the prayer room. I'm amazed at by how many pastors don't even pray anymore. I'm amazed by worship teams that aren't seeking God. You know what that tells me? They're dependent on their own ability. Oh, pastor, you just never heard me sing. <laughs> you know, I don't really care how well you can sing. I just want to know if you're anointed. I've, been, I've seen professional bands... They sounded great. They gave me the, woo They get goosebumps. But can I tell you something? Prince, Michael Jackson, they gave you goosebumps too. Michael Jackson used to sing and people, girls would faint. I don't want to, woo I want to get changed. I want to be transformed. I want those words that we're singing to come alive in my life and transform me through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, preaching is powerless if it's not demonstrated by his power. That is why prayer is the test of faith and the secret of power. And that is why today's churches are so destitute because prayer is not made important. Dependency on the Holy Spirit is not made important. You know, a few weeks ago, we had a freeze. That's snowing in the most peculiar places. Kingman got a snowstorm. Kingman, Arizona is a desert. Tucson, Arizona got snow. And so this has caused major problems and concerns for farmers. A lot of crops will be wiped out due to the freeze. And so my friend Danny, he's, he's a farmer over, he, they farm melons in Arizona. And he tells me about the concerns with the freeze warnings. And they have a, a thousand acres, uh, uh, actually they have a, a couple thousand acres. They're, they're, they're one of the biggest melon farms in, in the United States. But a thousand of the acres are covered with plastic. The, 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 uh, and I think I have a picture up here, if you can get it. But, but you can see that, that they're starting to cover them up. And so what happens is, is they, they cover the, the, the melon plant. And so whether it's 
32 degrees outside or 40 degrees or whatever drops down to 30 degrees, inside the plastic maintains a temperature around 50 degrees. So it protects them from the outside elements. And so he was telling me that he has a couple thousand, but only a thousand are covered. Hey, we could take it down now. So I'm like, dude, I said, why didn't you cover the other thousand acres? He goes, we didn't think we were going to have a freeze. And so they never took the time to cover it. How many know the Spirit, Holy Spirit is our covering? But there's a lot of churches that, oh, we didn't feel we needed the Holy Spirit. And so they never allow the Spirit of God to cover them. There's a lot of Christians that live without the Holy Spirit. And listen to me. The freeze, the damage is not evident right away. They have to wait several weeks and sometimes even several months but before that they can determine the damage that is caused. And as you look around today, you can begin to see the damage of lack of the Holy Spirit involvement in churches that's damaged the church of today. That men thought that they could do it this way. We could function this way. Oh, it looks good. But God's not looking for a poster church. God is looking for a church that is full of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is our covering. He is our comforter. He is our intercessor. He directs our past. When I am struggling and go into a time of prayer and begin to, to make intercession, how many know it's the Holy Spirit that brings hope? In Romans 8, 24 through 26, uh, for, this is for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For, we, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Listen to me. How many know weaknesses mean things that I'm struggling with at that time? Issues that I'm going through. Things that, 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 that I'm having a hard time with. For we do not know what we pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Yes. Yes. He says, when I'm going through a difficult time, I'm not going to try to work it out on my own. I'm not going to go try to seek counsel from, from the guru. I need to drop down on my knees and begin to get a hold of the Holy Spirit that begins to intercede for me. See, I don't know how to pray. You know what, 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 what keeps us from praying truly? Listen to me. Because oftentimes we don't know the will of God. Why do I need to pray in the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. He knows the will of God. He says, you know what? You just keep praying in the spirit. I'll intercede for you because, you know, you're, you're going, away. woo. Yeah, I need to get you back. Oh, whoa, okay. Now, now you're straight. How many know we can get carried away? But it's the Holy Spirit that I'm down there praying. And, and God, I don't know the will of God, but Spirit, Holy Spirit, you know the will of God. I'm going to depend on you right now that you're going to begin to intercede for me in, in the Holy Spirit up in heaven. 
with words or with groanings too deep for words? See, he knows the will of God and contends for us. Listen to what, what it continues to say in Romans 8, 27 and 28. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according what? To the will of God. So while he's interceding for me. Okay, y'all ready for this? Listen, I told you I, I, I'm going to remain calm because the Holy Spirit doesn't need my assistance in this. Listen, well, I am praying in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to intercede for me. Okay, are we making that connection here? Now, God begins to move the forces of heaven. And now, we begin to realize verse 28. I'm sorry, verse 20. I can't see. Verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Things work out for me because the Holy Spirit is interceding in the Spirit for me. It's not what I'm doing. How many know things don't just work out for the good because you're a Christian? You better be down on your knees and you better be praying and contending and fighting and praying in the Holy Spirit so that God can begin to work out things for the good for you. See, things don't work out for some people and they get frustrated. You ever heard the comments? And I always see this thing. It's the same in every Christian movie. God, where are you? Why is this happening to me? Because you're not praying. I, I can answer the question. You don't need God to answer. I'll answer it for you. You're not praying. You're not seeking God. You're expecting God to do everything for you. You know, if Jesus woke up before the sun rose to pray, how much more should you and I be praying every single day? It's sad that most Christians aren't praying. They don't even pray for the food. <laughs> then they wonder, God, why are my kids addicted to crack? Why are my kids alcoholics? Because you don't get up to pray. <laughs> Pastor, calm down. Okay, I'll calm down. <laughs> Most Christians aren't praying. And they wonder why things aren't working out. It is when I am diligently seeking utterance. What's the Bible say? The Holy Spirit what? Gives us utterance. That I begin to feel the covering of the Holy Ghost. That he's able to protect me. He's able to comfort me. He's able to just come upon me. He's my covering. That just like those melons were covered by that plastic, he is my covering. Listen, listen, I, I, I got this, this, this revelation of a great picture of this in, in Judges chapter 6. Verse 34, the Bible says, But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. He didn't 
did not come upon him like a garment, but the Spirit clothed himself with Gideon as with a garment. He just eloped them. I mean, that's what we need. God, just elope, just come. God, I, 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 I just, oh, just come up. There you go. Oh, yes. God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am able to make it. I am able to overcome. I am able to stand. I am able to fight. I am able to withstand. I begin to learn what it means. Listen, that no matter what my situation is, I've never been through a situation and you look back and say, God, how did I make it through that? How did I make it through that? I begin to realize the truth of Zechariah 4, 6. is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It ain't nothing that I do but it's my dependency on the Holy Spirit and I want to tell you the more dependent I am on the Holy Spirit the more power is released in my life I begin to realize how desperate I am for the Holy Spirit and for his anointing see the closer I am to the Holy Spirit then Galatians 5, 22 and 23 begin to be, be illuminated in my life. How I many know it's the Holy Spirit? But the fruit of the, not fruits, it's the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, self-control against there's no such a law. And so when I am engulfed in the Holy Spirit, I don't care what the atmosphere is around me. I am protected in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, when I am full of the Holy Spirit, the atmosphere around me begins to change. That's what helped Peter. Here is an uneducated fisherman that rejected Christ who was then filled with the Holy Ghost begin to declare Christ crucified and 3,000 souls get saved. One day he's rejecting Jesus. One day he's falling asleep at prayer meeting. The Holy Spirit comes upon him in Acts chapter 2. He's full of the Holy Ghost. Later on, we see him. He's praying on the housetop. And he begins to get a vision to go to Cornelius' house. He goes by the direction of the Holy Spirit to Cornelius' house. And revival breaks out. See, the ministry that's energized by the Holy Ghost is marked by aggressive evangelism. It's marked by miracles. It's marked uh, by, uh, by, by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit through signs and wonders. See, Pentecost brought power, brought light and joy. Can I tell you something? No one had to ask them did they receive the Holy Ghost. It was evident. Fire was self-evident. How many know demons? Even demons know the difference uh, between a first-hand experience uh, and a second-hand gospel. Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? 
Some might ask, I thought you automatically received the Holy Ghost when you get saved. Do you really? Hmm. In Luke 24, 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. They already knew Jesus, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost. Oh, Pastor, I think you're wrong. Well, well let's keep on look, reading the Bible then. Acts 19.2, and Paul's asking him, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. It's a gift that God gives you. It's evident. And maybe this morning, I'm going to close here. Maybe this morning, you're going through some struggles. And you need some Holy Ghost fire in your life. I want to close with a promise. Here's Jesus saying, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. There's a big fire up in Canada. It's called the Fort McChaney. I'm sorry, Fort McMurray wildfire. And I just want to read the first portion because there's people in here. You have, the fire seems to have been extinguished. And, and it's like, it, it, it's, it's, it's done. But there's still embers burning in your life. And uh, this is from a CNN article, which I, I'm like, uh, God, you should, uh, CNN? <laughs> <laughs> Said the Fort McMurray wildfire could keep burning into next year. Even if we can't see it. The inferno in western Canada has already torched over 500,000 acres, uh, more than the, twice the size of New York City. Even after the flames die down, the fire has a good chance of hiding underground, uh, smoldering through the winter, and sprouting back up uh, uh, into the wildfire next spring, said Mike Flanagan, University of Alberta wildfire professor. That's not unheard of, he said. It happens all the time. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit wants to stir up the embers of the people of God this morning? I've seen it all the time. In Acts chapter 4, in Acts chapter 4, they had already been filled with the Holy Ghost, but now they're going through a struggle. And he said, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place which they were gathered together were shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Here they were being thrown in jail. They are being persecuted. They're getting a hold of God. And God says, you know what? You don't need me to come do this, this. You need the Holy Ghost. And he drops down. The Holy Spirit comes down one more time upon them. Uh, basically, Pentecost part two. Uh, and they begin to speak in tongues one again. They're emboldened once again. They begin to declare Jesus once again. They begin to do the work of God once again. And I want to say, God wants to do the same thing for you this morning. I want to close with this this morning. 2.11 and 
Does anybody know what those two numbers represent? Nobody? No scientists in here? So 211, water is hot. At 212, water begins to boil. And with boiling water comes steam. And with steam, you can power a train. Applying that one extra degree to water means the difference between something that is simply very hot and something that generates enough power to move a machine. And applying the Holy Ghost is that one degree that you and I need from just being Christians to being a a moving force for God and the kingdom of God here on earth. It's that one degree. It's that one thing. God, what do I need? You need the Holy Spirit to begin to move in your life, to begin to be poured out in your life, to begin to cover you and stir you and move you from just being a person to becoming a person of significance. That one degree. And I want to tell you, church, I don't want to just live my life. I want to make, I want to, I want to make a significant change. I want, I want to, I want a life of significance that, that touches people's lives. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, Follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.